When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's going to be a wild event here this afternoon. That's just part of the charm of racing here at Nashville Super Speedway. You never know what you're going to get. All right, guys. Coming up a win. I'll make it two in a row. Let's do it again. Why not, right? Go to the car careful while doing it. Have a good day here, fellas. Appreciate all the hard work. Stay hydrated. Stay focused. Stay cool. Let's do this. I'll do the best I can for you out here. Try to be in victory lane. You guys are going to want to watch the radar. There's a storm about 10 miles due east. Green flag is in the air. The second annual Ally 400 is underway. Nobody faster than you. No pressure out back, Kevin. Doing good. Looks like Ross is pretty good into one. He's able to give up entry with a little bit of arc. Hamlin dominating here early. Still out to clear. Come on, all the way. Daniel Suarez will be the new second place driver. One car's off the pace. It's William Byron. Bro, guys, I can't drive it this way. Trouble's her too. One car is around and hard into the outside wall. Seven just completely missed. Corey LaJoy is a really good race car driver. Uh, I'm sorry. Did not mean to do that. Trouble turn two. Couple of cars tangled midway between one and two. Four in the fence. Right front damage. Left side damage. Hold the brake. Hold the brake. Hold. Bro. The green flag goes back in the air. Martin Truex Jr. stays stride for stride with Hamlin. And look at him go. Martin Truex Jr. takes the lead away. One inch stretch in here. Nice work. Get your rhythm. Truex Jr. will win stage one of the Ally 400. Nice good work, man. That was loose off the whole time. Work on that a little bit. Martin Truex Jr., he's the leader. You a very frustrating situation for Bubba Wallace. The problem that he had was a loose wheel. Obviously, we are on lap down. I apologize for that. Leave me the f- alone, dude. Here comes Hamlin out of the pocket to the inside. Three wide for the lead in Nashville. Just you three. Bottom of three. Caution for rain, I believe. This cell just kind of popped up out of nowhere right on top of us. We're likely going to get wet. Think about hitting here now. Yeah, I think so. I think the brakes are going to be pretty close to us. I feel like the radar is starting to look better. Still not sure I feel any better about what to do, though. Still in the rain. Yes, it is. We just need to get this restart and get the lane and check out. Up for they come, and we're ready to go. Green, green, green. Danny Hamlin gets a fender in front of Martin Truex Jr., but Truex rallies back. Going back even, just shoot him three back to two wide. I just like to drive a car once and watch some of these cars, what they can do. I just want to make maneuvers like these guys do. 23 coming. 23 is really fast right now, bud. Lap after lap, we have seen these two running side by side for the lead. Hamlin will now tuck in line behind his teammate. Be short in his corner up here, back at your bumper, barely. Clear, all clear. Shell, one more chance here. Get up there, get up. He's too hard battle for the stage win. Even, door, quarter, take it. Good work. Green and white checkered flag in the air. Martin Truex Jr. wins stage number two. Uh, nice work, bud. We're back in it now. I thought I had a right rear tire going down, but it never did anything else. 
Denny Hamlin will come off of pit road, giving up six spots. That matter, that matter. 108 laps remaining here at Nashville. Everybody's rolling here. Nice coming to you tonight. Hold on to it, hold on to it. Call from behind you, turn forward, call from behind you. I don't know if I can go or not. Big fire at the back of the Eric Jones car. Take it, take it with you. Go, 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 go. I think I can control this balancing clean track. Yeah, I'll be doing good with these two in front of you. That'll be key. Chris Buescher, it looks like he has lost the right rear. Sorry about that. We uh, had no escape on that one. Well, that sucks. He'll surge out. Elliott back to the lead off turn two. Take it, take it, take it. No grip. On ice. When you think you know who's going to victory lane, the caution flag. It blew up there, Jeff. Yep. Staying out here. Chase Elliott will stay on the track. 14th on back will stay on the track. It's nine to go right now. I was clicking Tennessee tight. Beats of M&M. Yeah, 10 four. We got it. We have a decent cushion, but we just got to clear out of this, guys. Four laps to go. Green flag is in the air. We're underway. Give Chase Elliott around the outside. He'll go to the lead. Clear. Take it, take it, take it. Oh, yeah. What a weekend. His second win of 2022. You know how to play a guitar? Let's go, baby. Good stuff, boys. Welcome back to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall, back here with you after taking a week off last week. Uh, Mike Haig from RaceAsa.com is here with me as well. Mike, we had a few technical glitches <laughs> earlier to, in order yeah, uh, before, but we're we're good to go now. We're, we're sounding good. Yeah, we're sounding pretty good. We just you know a little glitch here and there, but we we figured it out. And uh, good to be back. Good to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you too. So, uh, did you have a good week off? Yeah, I sure did. And uh, looking forward to the uh, Labor Day holiday weekend this weekend. So, uh, another good weekend of racing coming up with Road America. Uh, is it I'm Labor the, Day or Fourth of July? Fourth of July. Did I? What did I say? <laughs> Labor Day. <laughs> I said Labor Day. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Independence Day. Independence Day. <laughs> you know, it's one of those days. <laughs> you don't labor anymore. You're retired, so I don't know why you're worried about Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. The Every retirement. day is a holiday for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you look so happy and stress-free. Well, I tell you what, um, I'm glad to be out of the teaching profession, and it sure is stressful these days for these, these teachers. And then we... Um, Lost one of our administrators that I used to work with. Uh, so thoughts and prayers goes out to the Dunn family. Uh, Julie Dunn, who was the uh, assistant principal at Floresville High School, um, she was uh, she had left uh, a couple of years ago, well, the year that I retired, and went down to Falls City. And she, uh, my understanding is, she got sick and um, not sure what it was. It was some type of disease that she got. I don't know if it was ALS or something like that, but uh, she. Um, passed away the other day a few years older than i i am i think i'm uh, 54 i think she was like 60 or 62 years old so it was uh real sad for the fall city community down there to lose someone like that and um she's a great lady i'm definitely going to miss her and um she 
got a principalship job after she left Floresville. And so, you know, it's just people go too soon and all the stress and the education system and everything. It's I, I really feel for these teachers these days with all the other, you know, with the shooting that took place in Uvalde. And I don't want to get in all the politics and all the stuff with that, but uh, it, it's 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 tough on everyone. But um uh, we sure sure did hate to lose her the other day, uh, you know. But other than that, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying enjoying life, and I miss the kids at school. But I'm glad I'm um, not uh, teaching anymore. <laughs> yeah, my mom is talking about going back to you know. My mom's been retired now for I don't know six seven years or whatever. She's talking about going and um, going back and, and substituting, and I don't know. That just makes me nervous. Well, I'm thinking about doing it too. <laughs> But my mom's like 70, you know, and yeah. my mom doesn't have the patience. I'm always afraid I'm going to get a phone call that she's in jail because, you know, she just doesn't have the patience for kids, spoiled little brats these days. You know, my mom's old school. So, you know, she'll she'll get in a kid's face and, you know, I mean, yeah. she, I mean, she would never like harm a child or whatever, but she's just old school. You, you know, I mean, if you had a if you're if you're over the age of. 40, you understand what I'm saying. That's, I mean, she's just, you know, she's not going to be disrespected in her classroom and you either do what she says or get the hell out. (laughs) And that's elementary. (laughs) (laughs) Those aren't high school kids. She just does not put up with their crap. So, but anyway, well, it it was a, a big week. We were back at Nashville and we were interested to see not only you know, what the track would, how this, this car would react on this track, because we've only ran this track one time. It was new to us still. And then seeing it with this car. And then of course, NBC takes over the broadcast. And um, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, we'll talk about the broadcast, compare it if, if we need to, to Fox. I tell you, one of the biggest things that I did see Mike right away, I think it was Steve Letarte did a thing on the tires and why the, you know, why teams are having trouble with the lug, with the single lug nut. And they did this illustration and everyone on Twitter was like, it, we've been racing now for how many races? Almost 20 races, 17, 18 races. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody done this to explain? It was like, I mean, people were raving about it, that it it was, it made sense. And then we go into the race and we see guys lose a tire again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that was really neat to finally see that and see kind of what the problem is and, and what they have to look, you know, make sure that they do in order to keep those tires on. So, um, but overall, I thought the race at Nashville Super Speedway was a pretty good uh, event. I thought the aero package on these cars did well on that track, and there was some good racing. We had some good side-by-side racing at times. And, uh, you know, Dawn, I was looking through the results and everything, and, and the uh, I really thought a Toyota driver from Joe Gibbs Racing was going to win that race. They, they led... When you combine Denny, Martin, and Kyle, they led 250 of the 300 laps of the of the event on the on the on the 1.33 mile concrete track. Yeah, it was it's really little... the it was really the Denny and the Martin uh, Martin Truex show there for pretty much the majority of the race. And then they dodged, you know, the lightning and the and the and the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two what two delays? I think there was two two. Two that I saw because I fell asleep. I'm gonna be honest with you. I fell asleep there for the final one, and I I missed the end of the race. I had to go back and watch it 
on um, highlights and stuff because, of course, they had switched it over to USA Network. And so I fell asleep (laughs) and didn't see it live. Uh, Yeah, I I switched over and caught it. And uh, but, yeah, you know, they they got it in. And um, I think this was Chase Elliott's 15th career win. And uh, he, you know, he's looking really, really well. I'm just looking at the top 10. Don Kurt Busch finishes second. Ryan Blaney third. Kyle Larson fourth. And here's Ross Chastain again. Uh, good fifth, fifth place finish. He's done well this year. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Denny Hamlin was was sixth. Austin Sendrick, another strong finish. He finished in seventh. Christopher Bell was eighth. Joey Logano ninth. And Kevin Harvick in tenth. And then just a couple more notables. Eric Jones, another good, you know, Finish, he finishes 11th, and there's Bubba Wallace in 12th. I thought Bubba had a good finish finally after some of the bad <laughs> bad luck he had. And he got a little uh, hot yeah. under the collar, you might say, uh, over the radio. We're going to talk about him as well. Yes, he did. He got very hot. We heard it there. You heard a little bit. And, I, and actually, I should have went and pulled the whole audio of it, and I didn't. So, But we can paraphrase pretty much what he what he said during the stuff. He, he, here's the thing, too. It was a, it was a great crowd that was there. Mm-hmm. And then the first lightning thing, you know, storm hits and stuff. And um some people will just leave, especially if they know that there's rain coming in and stuff. They leave. Um, I will say because there was a lot of people on on uh, later on, I guess. I don't, I don't think it was Jenna. I don't remember who it was that sent a picture. And, of course, you know, Twitter goes apeshit because the picture she, they sent was after the second delay, I think. And. So the the grandstands didn't look full at all, of course, and but it was like okay, well, people have left at this point, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, and probably because a lot of people thought it was going to rain and that they would just call it and not and and they they would finish it on Monday. But with them having to do uh, Road America, I think NASCAR made the right call. There was lights there. Stay there, stay with mm-hmm. it, and try to try to get it in. Um, and that's exactly what they did. And they they got the race in. And yeah, it was late. There was a lot of controversy, of course, from people complaining that they don't like these late race starts, especially on the East Coast. I don't have an issue with it. And we're in the middle. We're only one hour yeah. behind the East Coast. So I actually prefer it, honestly, because if not... Look, the weather was going to be there regardless. I mean, it was you can't tell me that it hadn't they hadn't had issues with it. They thought that they were going to get a lot of rain earlier earlier on and when they only had the lightning things. You cannot predict these things. So to no. say to say, "Okay, well if we would have started the race 2 hours earlier at noon or whatever, well, you don't know what you don't know that something couldn't have happened to have a red flag or, you know, you, you can't predict what's going to happen during the race is, is, I guess, my point. And so anything could have happened that still would have put us at that point where we still would have been in a delay at some point. You know, it's just it is what it is. Stop your bitching, folks. And, you know, <laughs> if you're too old like me and you, you couldn't stay awake for the whole thing, there's plenty of highlights out there you can see the the entire race recap on youtube the next day um just get over it get yeah it wasn't that it didn't end that late no it really didn't i just went to bed early i don't know but but chase elliott comes away with when what number two for the season number two he started a little late getting the wins but he now he's got two and he's going into a road course where he's favored so yes, he we'll is. going in there with a little momentum and he's leading the point standings right now yeah. 
Okay, yeah, mm. he, he is. So they kind of made a, a gutsy call there at the end. And uh, we'll hear from, we're going to hear from Chase here in just a few minutes. And then we'll also hear from his crew chief, from uh, Alan Gustafson, in, in a little bit as well. So you've got audio from Chase, what, in the media center post-race? Yeah, what I have, Don, he talks about the win and then he talks about the current points battle with, I think there's nine races left before we have the um, the uh, playoff start. So he talks about both of those, what the win means to him in Nashville and the points battle. So here we go. Here's Chase Elliott. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's fun to win regardless, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, I was really proud. Look, proud of, proud of a couple things. One, proud of having the past month and a half, two months that we've had been horrendous. You know, I've crashed about ten times, and, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of stuff happen to, to end up having bad finishes, and you never want that, especially when it's, uh, well, any time, whether it's in a string of races or not. You don't want that, period. Um, so proud to be able to bounce back from, from a really rough stretch. Um, and then proud to have, have struggled as bad as we did, uh, as bad as we were at the beginning of the race to be able to adjust on it, take advantage of the opportunities we had to try to fix it, um, and then to hit on it and to be able to execute after we hit on it to, to finish the event strong, uh, is, is not an easy thing to do. So, you know, our, our team, I feel like, um, they do a great job when everybody's pulling in the same direction and is executing and doing their jobs to the best of their ability. I feel like we're as good as anybody and, um, you know, tonight I felt like they really showcased their, their talents, not just, you know, on pit road with our pit stops being really solid, but Alan and Tom making really good adjustments and just staying on top of everything. So it was a good, good team win. I feel like no gap is safe, right? I mean, we had a, had a pretty big one there at one point and, and, uh, you know, that, that can go away in a hurry. So, you know, look, you just have to keep, you have to keep bringing strong race cars to the racetrack. You have to keep putting yourself in position to win when you're, when you're battling up front and you have shots to win, the points thing is going to take care of itself. You know, you might be faced, if you can achieve the first part of that, you might be faced with a, a situation here or there where you have to decide whether or not you want to get stage points or whether you want to try to go for the race win. And and, and those things are, you know, that's just part of the 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 world we live in now with, with stages, you know. But, um, you know, more so on road courses, I guess, than anything. But uh, you know, the, best, the best way to look at it is just try to be fighting for wins. And if we're doing that, I think the points thing will be, It'll kind of take care of itself. And, Don, that gap that he's talking about is the gap, the lead that he had in the point standings now. Going into the next race with um, 17 races uh, being held already, uh, Chase has a 30-point lead over Ross Chastain, and 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 then he's um, one point back is Ryan Blaney, and then it's Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, and Martin Truex. There's only 70 points that separate the first place the seventh place wow in this point standings right now and so it, it's tight he doesn't have a big lead anymore like he had, had for a while there and so it's really tightening up and you know this is uh with what i think they said nine races uh, when i was listening to the uh press conference uh, i think they have like nine races left maybe to the uh, cutoff playoff system so uh it's going to get intense yeah definitely with this, with this points battle going forward yeah, it it definitely is. I mean, if you think about it, you win one race. I mean, that makes up what like thirty points right there. I mean, pretty much. Or how many how many guys entries do we have each week? In, yeah, you know, and there's I mean, yeah. it, it, that that's a lot of points right there to make up. It definitely does, and not only that, the fact that we've had I think twelve different winners so far this year. Mm-hmm. 
We still could have a few more guys that have, haven't won to get a win and really make this points chase interesting. So uh, I, I, I think uh, it's going to get really good going forward now in the next few weeks. And, Don, you know, uh, we also have some more from Chase uh, Elliott. A lot of the drivers are happy to be racing at Nashville, but where they really want to be racing at the Nashville Fairgrounds track, the old track that's located, you know, closer to downtown. And Dale Jr. has been trying to get a race there for forever He's been really kind of spearheading this. So Chase talks about what the mean, what the win means to him at Nashville Super Speedway. But he also talks a little bit about how cool it would be to race at the fairgrounds as well. So here's what Chase had to say in the media center on Sunday on that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think the race was terrible uh, tonight. You know, at least we could get up off the bottom and, and move around, which I thought was, you know, encouraging. Um, and I was even more surprised that we still moved up after the sun went down, you know, I thought at that point it was going to be really one lane and it really wasn't, you know, you could still, still be in at least a couple different lanes. And, uh, it was way more racy than, than I thought it was, or I thought it would be. Um, that still doesn't mean I prefer this over the, over the fairgrounds and, and what that could be. You know, I, I, I don't want people to you know get a sour taste about that. It's just, you know, that, that racetrack and the history of that racetrack and its location is just something that we're never going to replicate again. You know, I mean, for the most part, all, all these facilities that we have are, you know, 45 minutes to an hour outside whatever said market is we're trying to reach. You know, if it's Michigan and, or, or, you know, here or Atlanta's 30, 45 minutes south of the city, you know, like all these places we go, Homestead's an hour outside Miami, you know. So all, all these places that we go, you're – you're drawing from an area that is 45 minutes to an hour away with the fairgrounds. You'd be drawing from an area that's what 15 blocks away uh, or so. Correct me if I'm wrong, you know, on that, but it's a hell of a lot closer than it is here. Uh, and, and that's just not something that in today's society, you're never going to build a racetrack in, in a city like that again. Um, so that, that's why I think as an industry, we need to take advantage of that. We don't need to let that place die. You know, I mean, I know they built that big soccer stadium right next door, but use that as, as, positivity because the infrastructure is now there to house all the people you know now they have ideas and ways to get people in and out so i just it's too good of a place too good of an opportunity for us to not be utilizing that in my opinion i think it'd be the best uh, location and, and best event of the year if they could pull that off and boy wouldn't that be great if they could pull that off don well you know mike we've heard you and i uh and I'm not going to name any names, but I mean, and names is, is the right thing because we've heard yeah. this from several different people, but we've been told, or we've heard a lot of rumors that eventually the all-star race is probably going to be home, that, that they will be racing there at the fairgrounds, that that's the plan is yeah. to get something going there. And that the all-star race will probably be what what it would be but i think in theory it's great but do we know how these cars of today will race on that track that you can't guarantee and that's the same thing with like the north wilkesboro i mean it, a lot of these tracks and the history of them and stuff they're great yes i mean the nostalgia is there for them but are they able will they put off good racing with today's technology because what yeah. you saw back you know even 20 years ago is light years behind where we are today oh yeah definitely and, and you know mike i mean and and we we've, we've talked about this so many times before but it's worth re, you know bringing up again just in case there's new listeners i know a lot of times people bring up rockingham and you know these places like that and 
I loved I loved Rockingham. Don't get me wrong. But there was a reason why they got away from Rockingham. And it wasn't the fact that it was bad racing. There was nobody going to the races. And that's the thing that cracks me up is all these people talk about, well, we need these tracks back. And we know we we need to be racing at these tracks. Well, you weren't going. You're the old school fan and you weren't going to those races. So that's why they they did away with them and put them in markets where at the time. People were going to them. Yes, I understand. We are here in a market here at Texas that is struggling to get people to the racetrack because the racing hasn't been all that great lately. So, yeah, yeah maybe it's time that Texas gets relooked at and, and a race goes somewhere else where, you know, I understand that. I don't I don't like it, but I, I, I get it and I understand it's about making money. And, you know, NASCAR's had to pull races from great tracks before because they weren't making money. And, you know, I think that that's something, Mike, that's going to be looked at eventually for places like Dover and some of the other. I mean, heck, didn't they go away from Darlington for a while and then they came back to Darlington? They came came back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. But Nashville's uh, fairgrounds, I mean, I can remember back. You know, in the 80s and early 90s, watching races on TV, ASA All-Pro, the All-American 400 that was always held there. Just some great short track racing. And so uh, it'd be cool if they could get a race there, you know, uh, a cup race. All-Star race would be great. I think they're going to have it possibly next year, maybe 2024. But they're going to have some changes to the schedule. Um, From what I understand, they're going to be making that announcement pretty soon like in the next month. So we ought to know something about some of these tracks and some of the changes that might take place in 2023. I mean, we've been talking about it. They're talking about a street course race, um, which old school fan doesn't like because they're not the road, you know, road course or kind of, you know, people or whatever, but they have produced some of the best races in the last five, six years is road course races. And I think a street course, and especially if it's in Vegas, like they would be amazing. Yeah. And um, Chicago, Chicago has been rumored to have exactly. a race there as, as well. So that's right. And you know, those people, they lost the race there at Chicago land, but now they're, you know, so do do something like that. That would be great. Um, they're also talking about going to an international track again, yeah. maybe going up to Canada or going down to Mexico or, you know, something which, again, I know the old school fan that doesn't like change, doesn't like that idea, but I love it. Keep there should be no borders when it comes to this racing. And we've we've we're bringing in drivers from all over the world now. Let them race everywhere. I think it'd be great. Now, I know a lot of people be like, no, I mean, then you have an F1 thing or whatever. Well, you know, yeah. hey, look whose ratings are up right now. Well, that's true. You know, so <laughs> um, anyway. All right. Done with that rant. So um, uh, Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, was on the morning drive this week, and he was talking with the guys there about the pit strategy that they chose to do there towards the end. So let's hear from Alan. And in the end, it ended up being what helped propel Chase to a win. So here we go. Just didn't think there was enough laps. I mean, that was really it. Um, You know, the fall off as as the track got cooler and we ran later and later into the night, the fall off in everybody's car, the lap time fall off was less. So, you know, as I was watching that through that last run, you know, our fall off wasn't very much. We were running really close lap times to what we did to start the run. And there just wasn't enough time, I didn't feel like, to uh, to have a tire advantage and make it work. And we had, we had just went through a very similar circumstance, I think, a few runs ago um, where we 
had pitted uh, four tires expecting the opportunity for a longer green run and ended up panning out that way. And it took us, you know, a while. You know, we battled Martin for quite a few laps, you know, 10, 15 laps to get past them and ultimately were able to catch Kyle uh, as his car faded. And we had, a, you know, about a 15-lap tire advantage, and it, it just took that long for that to show up. So I was pretty confident if things went our way and we got the restart we needed and not, you know, didn't get, get into any car fights with somebody that we, we would be okay for four laps. So there you go. He just didn't feel like there was enough laps, Mike. So he stayed out, others came in, and it ended up being the right strategy to make. Yeah, it was a good call. It worked and got the win. <laughs> Definitely was a good call. So, Mike, let's see. One of the other guys that, of course, we watched throughout the evening uh, was Kurt Busch. And, you know, he, I think he said finished second there in the race. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, was up there, was hoping to get up there and battle more. Kurt, we have a little post-race audio from Kurt there after after climbing out of his car. So let me. Kurt Busch finishes second on that late race restart. What more did you need to beat Chase Elliott there? Uh, I got soft on him. I, I should have been throwing some fenders and moving some momentum around. And I didn't stick with our strength. We didn't have many strengths tonight. We just executed really well. The restarts were so-so. Long run speed was was good. Uh, I just I needed to stick to our strength, and I, me- I messed up. So I just want to thank all my guys at 2311. I mean, it's a really good group of guys and girls. And the way that we're running, I mean, a, a sucking is, is cool, but we're here for wins with uh, the playoff situation. But thanks to Monster Energy, Toyota, all of our associate sponsors. I mean, this Camry and all the TRD Camrys were awesome. I just hate when we don't get into victory lane, and I was right there. Talking about today, though, just in terms of how up and down it was. I'm still zoned into my restart, and I messed it up. What do you want to do different? I, I just want to throw some vendors, and I didn't get the job done. So I'm, I'm happy with second, but my guys, everybody will be smiling, but I, I let them down. I should have come up with a better plan. Obviously, Kurt Busch dejected there, not getting the victory. Well, there you go. I mean, he wanted to throw some fenders, Mike, and he didn't. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, I like, you know, I'm, we talk about it all the time, but yeah. I love new Kurt Busch. Like, the, I love the Kurt Busch that we, we've had for the last few years. It's just so refreshing. It's been uh, a good version of him. Yeah, because if, let's just say, if you went back, 10 years ago and you pull a, a Kurt Busch out that got second that was pissed because he wanted to throw fenders and he didn't and he screwed up his restart. He wouldn't have been laughing about it. He would have been a hole <laughs> like his brother about it. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad, I don't know. It's just, I love to see it though, because I love Kurt Busch and he's such a good talent and I don't know. I just, there's just something about him now that is, it's just refreshing because I think it's the same thing with his brother. I mean, I, you know, I'll always respect Kyle Bush, his talent and stuff. And you know, he wants to win. And I can't, I can't blame the guy when he's pissed off and stuff because he wants to win. But I can blame him for being an asshole to people because he didn't win. You know, I mean, there's a difference. And and sometimes yeah. I don't think he knows when to turn his character on and off. Well, they're both really talented and everything, and they're and they're very very competitive. But Kurt, I'd, he seems like to me lately, Don, I don't know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but he seems like he's really enjoying himself in the race car finally for a change. You know, like, he, I think his career is coming to an end in a few years. 
I don't know how much longer he's going to be racing, but it seems like he's really kind of taking everything in and really kind of enjoying each each moment, each each race, and he's doing good. I mean, he's he's on he's got a good feeling about himself. He's he's he had a very positive vibe over there at that race team, and um, he just seems like he's in a good place. And I hope he continues to do well. Hope he um, you know does well in the playoffs and. Uh, who knows? He may be in the final four guys competing for the championship in um, Phoenix at the end of the season. One of the other guys, Mike, that we'll hear from, and we talked about a few minutes ago, is a fifth place finisher, Ross Chastain. Uh, Ross, after the race, of course, they had the bullpen. Uh, so I, I, I saw this in or this interview on several different places. I found this one on YouTube uh, from. Um, Peter Strata, I think, is who it, who uh, had it, but um, it had the better quality of audio. It's going to be a multitude of questions um, from like two or three different people. One of them is Mark Garrow from Performance Racing Network. Uh, they're towards the end asking a question as well. So uh, here's Ross Chastain post race as well. Ross, another strong day. You were on the nine a lot tonight. Where was he better in the end? Uh, it, at different points, we were tight or loose. So. He just was a little better balanced, I think. Um, I, I'm not really sure. He was usually passing me at a pretty good pretty good clip there, so I didn't have a, a whole lot of time to look at him. I know I was around him a bunch, but um, he just had a little better balance, a little better grip. You're still within shouting distance for the regular season championship points. How big a deal is that for you? Is it a goal for you, your team? Well, 12-year-old Ross is like, what? You're about to be lead. You could be leading the series point standings straight up in a few weeks, or you know, at any point. That's that's wild. But go fast, acquire points. It all kind of works itself out. So having, even though we, you know, we lost ground, and I, you know it, right? The nines beating me in every stage in the race. So I'm gonna pull away, but we're still competing and, and have top five Cup cars. And if we just had our balance a little better, we can compete with them. So. Yeah, little kid Ross is like, what in the world? This can't be real. I like how he's like, 12-year-old Ross would have been like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ross Chastain was the talk, gosh, several different avenues, Mike. We're going to kind of transition talk about our NASCAR news and stuff too here just a second um and Ross was part of that one of the things I wanted to wrap up though as far as Nashville goes was the Bubba talk that we talked about earlier Bubba there was an uh, incident there on the radio where he just I mean it was just an ass chew I mean that's all it was it was just a you want to talk about we talk about Kyle Busch being rude it was just plain straight up rude uh asked you but <laughs> according to um booty barker his crew chief it was warranted um he didn't blame him and in fact he took full responsibility during during the call but just tried to get his driver's head back into it and and kept on going and you know what we don't listen you know you well yes we do but i mean I don't listen every race to in car. A lot of times I'll just listen to what they have, you know, on TV. I used to, I used to be like really anal about listening to the scanners and stuff, but it's not the first time. And it ain't the last time that I've heard a driver go off, you know, on, on a crew chief, but booty's such a nice guy though. I mean, and, and it was, it was brutal. I mean, basically Bubba tells him, and I wish I, I put the audio up here, but Bubba basically tells him, you know, 
do just don't f and talk to me the rest of the race and that's because booty barker brought him down pit road when he didn't need to bring him down pit road or something and it ended up making them a lap down um, yeah, that's a shame because Bubba's had a run of bad luck here lately. Some stuff that's been beyond his control. And, uh, yeah, he's very frustrated, and I can see why he went off. I mean, you can only take so much, and it's like, good grief, what else can happen? Right, and and, and I mean, and you know, again, this was completely on booty mm-hmm. i mean he says but you know yeah like you said there's been races where it's just been his his pit crew screwing up um i mean different things like that or else him and kurt both getting caught in all kinds of other people's <laughs> crap but you know and again people can call me a homer or whatever you want to call me but that race was a perfect example of when bubba is in you know who do we used to talk about like this tony stewart mode when Mm -hmm. he is when and and um kevin harvick was the same way he's his own worst enemy so when he gets that frame of mind back where it needs to be on and and not worrying about things i think he just has such anxiety mike that sometimes he just it overworks his brain it's it is it's just too much too much but i guess he took a deep breath or whatever and he went back in and and got back down to business and like you said ended up finishing what 12th i think it was 12th yeah and i mean he drove his ass off he was passing cars like crazy him and kurt bush throughout the race were passing cars like crazy yeah he 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 finished right behind eric jones who finished 11th and bubba was 12th and uh on the lead lap too which is good and Eric Jones had some issues on pit road, didn't he? I mean, they're yeah, part of the car caught on fire in the back. <laughs> oh, it's just crazy. I mean, it was, you know, the with all the delays and stuff and, and everything else, I think it ended up helping some guys. And that's probably the other thing with Bubba, too, is you had those delays. So they were able to get out of the car, discuss, you know, decompress, that kind of thing, which I think in the end, you know, it. it played to his favor definitely and and ended up helping the team and you know that they're going to talk about it they're going to like i said it ain't the first time booty barker's ass has been chewed by a driver (laughs) i'm sure he's a pro um he'll handle it and and they'll move forward and you know people are gonna call bubba all sorts of names or whatever but i think in the end it's a it's justified it was the wrong call to make and it happens but he's just been so frustrated with some of the things that have been out of his control. You know, well, speaking of speaking of frustration and wrong calls, uh, my fantasy recently <laughs> that I'm in one of them, uh, I decided to go ahead and put Bubba and uh, Eric Jones aside for a, for a week. And I went ahead and ran uh, <laughs> Alex Bowman to <and> William <laughs> Byron. Oops. And what ha- what happens? William Byron, 35th, Alex Bowman, dead last, 36th, and then Bubba and uh, Eric are 11th and 12th. <laughs> well, and that happened to you the week before when Daniel Suarez won, wasn't it? And you benched I, I him. Benched him. <laughs> <laughs> so I benched him. So I'm, you know, frustration for me, making wrong calls. I need a Nash chewing. <laughs> <laughs> and they have Bubba call you and chew your ass, huh? Well, oh, uh, that's, that's my, my luck lately. <laughs> I haven't even been setting my lineup. I'm going to have to go look. Who knows? I may be leading the league for all I know because I haven't done anything. I haven't changed anything. So, um, Mike, back to uh, Ross Chastain for a minute. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you because um, 
what we talked about on Monday, you and I usually try to touch base and, and get an idea of, you know, hey, what would you think of the race or whatever? And I told you yeah. that during that delay, it, there was some – okay, first of all, let me say, uh, Parker Klingerman is, does great interviews. I think he is great yeah. behind the mic. Um, and he had a couple of interviews with Ross Chastain, and there was one – they were kind of joking around and stuff about the – what is it? The cool suit, cooling suit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were kind of talking about that, but then there was another one that he did and it was during one of the delays and I, it was just awkward, Mike. It was so, and I looked and looked and looked for audio and I couldn't find audio for it, but he basically was talking to Ross about um, working through the stuff that had happened with Denny and with Chase and yeah. making friends and like does he go out to dinner? Does he make the call? Like, how does that work? And I mean, it was just awkward because Ross was like, you know, well, I mean, I, I, I think he said that they went to breakfast or something like one day, but he's, he basically said he has lots of friends in the garage area. They're just, he just doesn't have lots of friends on the grid. And what he meant by that is he's got lots of friends in the, that are crew members yeah. out there, but he is not friends with, a lot of or with any really drivers like he doesn't go hang out with other drivers he said too he doesn't stay in the drive in a coach he doesn't have a coach um, really? i don't know if you saw that yeah he said he he can't justify the cost of that right now so he does not stay in a coach um it, so he doesn't stay in the driver's lot during the weekend i don't know if he stays at a hotel or what he does but he does not wow. have that so know that. yeah and so he he doesn't hang out with other drivers um and like i said i I thought it was kind of awkward i felt bad because they you know um but at the same time and i remember making this argument you know a few years back when with joey and brad you know and brad used to say look i'm not here to be friends best buddies with people in the garage area i'm here to win that's what i'm here to do i don't hang out with these guys and i'm not here to make friends you know there's other drivers that that's (laughs) what they want to do is be social and that's not me. And, you know, I just, Mike, I, I, I wanted to ask you or I had asked you off the air about this, but I kind of feel like I know that there has to be storylines for, you know, NBC now. It mm-hmm. used, you know, it was Fox. There's got to be storylines for us as well. You know, I mean, that helps us talk about things. But I just feel like they're kind of like really trying to probe this you know this ross chastain like it's ross against the garage area like ross is the only guy that's ever driven aggressively on the track or gotten into some every damn race somebody gets into somebody i mean hell during this race during the radioactive and i can't remember who it was but you heard him be sarcastic and say oh Corey lajoy he's a great driver or something like that (laughs) i mean guys are constantly getting into each other and then making the stupid threat that they never follow through on of, you know, well, just wait, you know, he'll have payback coming, whatever, you know, yeah. it never happens really. I mean, every now and again, it, I don't think it's happened since Matt Kenseth paid back <laughs> Joey Logano. I, I just feel like there's, it's just like, it's overkill now. I mean, and it's like, leave this guy alone. I mean, this guy is doing great. And now it's like, we we hear it then we uh we've heard the talk all season so far since that um St. Louis race I should say yeah. since Gateway 
Then this week we also had, and we didn't pull audio, but I invite you, I, I posted it on Facebook and on Twitter, or just go listen to the Dale Jr. download. Um, but Justin Marks was on with Junior, which I thought was an amazing conversation. They have, they're so much alike. Don't you think, Mike, as far as the oh, way they yeah. are owners and then yeah. just the way they yeah. think? Very similar, very similar um, styles and, and the, way, the way of thinking, you know, their, their thought process going forward now. Yeah. What they want, what they see, what they envision here. Well, and, you know, Dale's been very vocal over the last few weeks. He was vocal on his download after Gateway and some others about Ross. And he said, look, I don't want Ross to change. I mean, I don't want him to change at all. I don't want you, you know, to take away any of the aggression you know, or anything else. But you have to find a way of mm-hmm. being able to race without tearing sh- stuff up, too. And Justin Marks, I mean, and I, I love the guy for this. And I I read the comments and Mike, I mean, the overwhelming majority of fans are loving Justin Marks as an owner. They think that he is the owner of the future for NASCAR, that um, what he brings to the sport as an owner and his mentality is really like what he wishes more owners would or what people wish more owners would be like. But he is not back down at all. And he talks no. about he had a conversation. He called Denny Hamlin because Junior asked him and he said he called Denny like Monday afternoon, I think he said. And I'm paraphrasing, but didn't he say something to the effect of he got Denny on the phone? He said, look, I don't really have anything anything to say, but I mean, you know, if you want to talk about it, and he said that Denny talked for like seven minutes nonstop and he appreciated it and they got past everything and moved on. But he's not going to, you know, he's not asking his driver to change. No. And and he shouldn't, he shouldn't change. Mm-mm. Let Ross stay the way you know, way keep him the way he is, and and uh, but I, I think I think you know Ross is going to continue to do well this season, and that that whole program is going to continue to thrive. We're we're going to see even more success out of that team, and um, it, it's exciting. It's exciting to have new uh, a new face in the in the garage area. You know, new new blood out there, and um, we need more of that in NASCAR. We need some more new owners come, coming forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, of course, you know, I mean, Ross has been around for a while. Yeah. Justin Marks, of course, has been around for a while. But um, I, I think I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, but this is just the Don Hall theory. And that could be a bunch of shit for all we know. But my theory is, is Ross Chastain went, I mean, started this season off with a bang, has been mm-hmm. pretty much in every race as a contender, except for like maybe two. And I think that people know he's young and they know that he doesn't have a lot of confidence in himself because that's been talked about so much. So let's try to rattle his cage. Let's make him think that we're all pissed off, that we're we're coming for him. It's It's us against him. And let's see if we can get in his head, because quite honestly, he's in our head, you know, and, and yeah. that's what I think it is, is I think he is in the head of especially a lot of these veterans. And, you know, they he scares them and not yeah. because he's an aggressive driver, but because he has he's a talented driver and he can run away with this if he if uh, if he gets on a roll here and let's face it, Mike, we're going into a road course. He's done really well on the road courses. Him and his teammate Daniel Suarez, um, they've done really well. And 
really and truly, I can't think other than just having some bad luck and getting caught up in something. I really can't think of a race that he has struggled at except for Gateway where he just couldn't seem to get his timing and stuff on. That was about the only race I think I've seen him struggle at. Yeah, I think you're I think you're definitely right, Don. And does he have a um let's see, he's got two wins, eight top fives, and eleven top eleven top tens. He does have three DNFs, but according to this, but still <laughs> second in points. Yeah. He's had a, you know, he's making noise this season. And uh he's a guy to watch. Hey, uh, real quick, before I forget what I was going to say, you had mentioned the Dale Jr. download. Yes. Got to go back and listen to the one that they did live in Nashville with um, um, with, with Dale Jr. and Daryl Waltrip. It's funny. And if you like to hear some payback stories and everything like that, Daryl and, and, and Dale told some great ones about Dale Senior and 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 Walter up and the, and the guys back in the day. They also talked about some of the cheating that went on again, and and uh, it's it's really really funny. So be sure and check that out. Uh, you, it, it'll be the best hour and a half you'll you'll spend listening to it. It's funny, funny, funny. Yeah, I de- I haven't heard that one, so I've definitely got to go listen because you also told me a little nugget about a good friend of ours in uh, with this yeah. song. Bernard uh, Pollard, uh, he was the 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 segment they have called Ask Dale. Uh, Bernard was out there with a microphone, a wireless mic, going through the crowd and emceeing and getting questions from the fans. And they they asked some really great questions. I got to listen to that one. And a lot, a lot of women were there in the audience, and they asked a lot of good good questions. Some of the female fans, and I was glad to hear that. Um, get a you know the female side of the. Of the, of the of the of the stories and stuff like that as well. What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, since we're talking to El Junior on the first broadcast back for NBC. I mean, I'm like the first one back, and they've got <laughs> rain delays and lightning and all kinds of stuff. But uh, no, your I, thoughts? I thought they did a really good job. I like Rick Allen. I like Junior. I like the I like the, the whole program uh, that they put together. And I thought, you know, it's it's a little different than Fox, and but it's it's really well produced and well, well, well done. So it'll just get better as the season goes on. I get offended, Mike, when I hear, you know, and again, it's like, we, we've talked about this before, but the, the Rick (laughs) Allen bashing that goes on and, and it just, it's the weirdest thing, but like people, you know, it's his radio voice. And I'm like, Hey, I take offense to that. What's wrong with the radio voice. And, and the thing is, is Rick's voice, I guess, you know, now, I've been around people with radio voices just like you have. And (laughs) (laughs) I don't think because I've also we've talked with Rick on our show and, you know, and off air and stuff. And that's just it's just how Rick talks. I mean, he just has that his voice. I mean, he has a deep voice and it's just very distinctive. Um, He was an announcer. He uh, he was a track announcer is what he was. So he's got like a track announcer voice. But no, does he have that radio voice? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't feel like it's that overly. I don't think it's a radio voice. Yeah, like that overly obnoxious. Mm-mm, I've never felt that way, but I don't know. I mean, I've always been a fan of his. You know, from the truck series and stuff. I just, I like his enthusiasm, and and I okay, I can admit with some people because I've talked about it before, but it's actually some of what I like. I think he gets a lot of grief 
him and Junior and Jeff and uh, for getting excited, overly excited about certain things, or and they they yell is what people yeah. think that they do. <laughs> But I, I'd rather them be enthusiastic about something than not. And I just think like when I mean, I don't really notice Rick doing it as much as I do. It's Jeff and Dale because it's like they become like little schoolgirls. Their voices get so high pitch. <laughs> that is true. Well, you should I hear, like it. You still talking about getting excited. You said, you know, this Dale Jr. download I was talking about from Nashville. Uh, Junior gets very excited. I mean, he really feel him coming out on this 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 this, this show <laughs> i think it's hysterical i mean i'm sorry i just i i live for it i mean because i don't know we get excited i mean you know it's yeah. that's what you want you don't want people to be fake and phony and i want them reacting i think yeah. it's fun so Great. um well speaking of uh of junior you know him and his sister Kelly Earnhardt Miller, of course, they're uh, owners, uh, co-owners, and stuff there of Junior Motorsports, and a lot of talk. And Mike, I think you said that there was some talk actually during that um, yeah. download that you were talking about. A lot yeah. of talk going on about them getting into the Cup side of stuff. Yeah, well, I think one of the questions that the fan asked if they were going to get involved in it or get go to go to Cup, and Dell Junior was like, "Yeah, we're, we we want to do it." We're, we we this is something we're really looking at, and so he just openly admitted that you know they're going to do it, and hopefully they would like to do it in twenty twenty three, but it probably won't happen until twenty twenty four, maybe twenty twenty five. That they just need to get the sponsorship together and a few other things in place, and but I would not be surprised to see a car out there uh, in twenty twenty three. Well, uh, you know, Junior, I love him, and and of course he's the face of Junior Motorsports, but. The real boss, <laughs> the part, and, and 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 yeah, and he's he's even admitted that. I mean, the person that's basically runs his life and runs everything and keeps everything in check is his sister Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Now, of course, uh, Kelly was on this this week on Trading Paint, and she talks about this issue. So let's hear what Kelly has to say. The other day, um, you know, we we. We're thinking about it every day. We're working on it. Feels like every other day. Um, you know, we we do want to go cup racing. We we do believe that that's a good spot for us. Um, you know, we want to stay in the Xfinity Series too. So you know what what that looks like, and it's certainly um, you know up up for grabs. But um, you know, we definitely are just trying to. You know, the biggest barrier is that charter cost and just looking at the business model and, and trying to figure out, you know, sponsorship and trying to really make that leap. Um, because I, I think right now, I mean, we saw it last fall where there was a high demand for charters and a, and a lot of, you know, conversations went on and a lot of um, purchases went on. And, and then I, I don't think there's a lot of charters up for grabs at a reasonable cost right now, I shall say. Um, I'm sure you could go buy some. But, um, you know, just trying to make that pencil out and make it work and figure out when that right time of entry is. And you got the next couple of years with the TV contract coming down and and all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, just it's like when's the right time to strike. Um, and so that's just really what we're trying to work through and figure out. And, um, you know, right now we're focused on, Resigning our guys for for Xfinity for next year, um, and and resigning our sponsors, and and then if we have the opportunity to do some Cup racing, 
um, and kind of put our toe in the water and see what maybe um, – I, I don't think we'll be cup racing full-time for 2023. That's for certain. Um, and, you know, unless something amazing happens and, and something really awesome falls out of the sky. But um, uh, right now, you know, our, our sights are set beyond that, and we're just really just, just trying to figure it out and make it pencil. And, and, I mean, you know, it goes to show how hard it is – to get oh, sponsors yeah. because even the most popular guy still in NASCAR uh, and one of the most popular athletes walking the face of God's green earth, Dale Jr., and they still, you know, it's hard to get sponsorship. You know, it is. Yeah. You, you would think people would be jumping on board to, you know, to be a part of, of junior motorsports, especially on the cup side. You're right, Don, And, you know, that charter is very expensive to, to buy you know, like like she said, right there, it's a big hurdle. You have to clear and everything, but um, then you got to get the sponsorship and the funding together. But I think they're going to do it. I think we'll see it soon, sooner than what she's saying. Um, I had to laugh about her though. Um, I think I saw on the uh, one of the Dell Junior download shows that she used to basically balance uh, and keep and balance uh, Junior's checkbook up up until the time that. Uh, he got married to to Amy, and he she still might. Yeah, Kelly's a, Kelly's that big, you know that that sister that looks out for you know for you and everything. And she uh, she she's she's a great businesswoman and has really done a great job with that company. And I tell you, I like to see her and Teresa get into it, put them in the room together, and see what it, who would come and win and out of that. Because man, would that be something? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of Teresa, and I didn't even think about this. I was going to bring it up, and I forgot. Mike, I don't know if you saw, but NASCAR is uh, releasing. They've got with, um, I guess, the estate of Dale Earnhardt Sr., and they're going to be releasing some new merch, um, yeah. some new Dale Sr. merch. And, in fact, I saw it because I saw Dale Jr. retweet, and he's like, oh, that hat is – and he had the little fire mm-hmm. emoji, and it was a old-school trucker, like the foam yellow hat. Yeah. Yeah, um, with the Wrangler car on it, I believe. Wrangler car, yeah, the, the blue and the yellow color that they. Yeah, had. yeah. Wow. So they're going to be re-release, and it's like hell yeah. I mean, I still think I I know up until a few years ago when they were doing the haulers, and I know Rain Tree and used to have or Rain Tree Real Tree and yeah. um uh used to have one with Dale Senior stuff and sell a lot, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know he they still had the three merchant, and I, my understanding was the three was still like. It was behind Dale Jr. Dale Jr. was the number one merchandise sold, yeah. and then Senior was second, I believe. Yeah, and I think they were, weren't they still selling Dale Senior merchandise out of the Richard Childers uh, racing hauler? I believe I so. I believe yeah. so. So, yeah. um, very interesting stuff there. Mike, um, I want to throw a monkey wrench here because there was a story that I wanted to talk about, and I was going to do it in NASCAR News, but I think I want to save it till after we do our picks and we'll end our show with it because it's just such a great story and good news. So we'll, um, so I want to save that last. Okay. Uh, uh, if we can do that. So let's, um, we're, we're going to switch up here and let's talk a little NHRA uh, if you want. Well, uh, I know they raced this past weekend, correct? Yeah, they were up in the uh, Ohio area at the, what's called the Summit Racing Equipment NHRA Nationals. It was held at Norwalk, Ohio. This is the uh, Summit Racing Equipment um, Dragway, uh, I think is what they call it. And uh, Dawn, it was another good, they've had just this incredible season so far. Um, Mike Salinas gets the win in Top Fuel. Robert Hyde gets the win in Funny Car. And Texas's Eric Anders, here's another 
think this is like the fourth one in a row now. She wins in Pro Stock. And then Angel Sampe gets the win in Pro Stock Motorcycle. That was the uh, 10th race of 22 races this season so far. So they've they've had 10 races. And um, just an awesome weekend of racing. Now they're going to be um, uh, off for a couple weeks. And then they have what's called the start of the Western Swing. And it starts on July 15th. Through the 17th, out at the uh, Bandemir Speedway in Denver, the Mile High Nationals. And then they go to, I believe it's Sonoma, and they wrap it up in uh, um, Seattle. Wow. You know? <laughs> now, they haven't had all three races the last couple of years because of COVID and everything like that. They didn't have the race, uh, I think it was in Seattle. So they think they had it at Sonoma and in uh, and, and but so this is the first year that the Seattle track is back on the. Uh, I'm almost yeah, almost positive. The last two years it was Seattle was off the uh, the, the schedule, but uh, it's good to see them um, doing so well this year and, and uh, just a great uh, great battles this year in, in all the classes. Mike Salinas with the win, and now he's got the points lead over Brittany Forrest and Top Fuel. Robert Height leads over Matt Hagen, who we're going to get, get on here uh, hopefully in a few weeks, try to get Matt on uh, in Funny Car. And so Robert's got the points lead there. Erica has a huge lead in the Pro Stock category. And then uh, Steve Johnson now leads Angel Sampe by just about 50 points in the Pro Stock motorcycles. So uh, they, they've had a good year so far, and um, they'll be back in Texas, and I think it's in October. So... Um, We'll keep talking about the NHRA as we keep going forward, and the Western Swing's coming up, and we're going to have some drivers on, some uh, surprise uh, drivers on here in, in the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, 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 Matt, definitely, and that one yeah. has to be video. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad, I swear, I'm so bad. You want to um, see that brand? <laughs> exactly. We're gonna we're gonna compare <laughs> tattoos and brands. I don't have any brands. Maybe I need to get one before then, so we can compare. So I've got plenty of tattoos, though. <laughs> uh, well, all right. And then, of course, IndyCar off again until the start. I believe um, right after the 4th of July weekend, I think, is when they start back. And then they'll race yeah. the entire month of June. So Yeah, yeah they've got a busy month of racing coming up. I mean, did I just say June? The entire yeah, month of July. You meant, you meant July. <laughs> We're terrible. Like, like here you think it's labor day not and then i'm i'm thinking it's still june who knows whatever um all right well so we're going to be racing road america and i know we have some audio uh nascar did some uh interviews with guys previewing road america and stuff and you've 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 got some pretty good little yeah we're going to hear clubs. from michael mcdowell and aj almendinger and joey hand and uh don this is a huge track it's four point zero four eight miles so a little over almost four and a half miles long and um it's, it's a track that's huge 14 turns on a huge piece of property up in elkhark lake uh, wisconsin beautiful area they the weather is supposed to be perfect this weekend and so the first audio we have is michael mcdowell talking about the track and him racing there. And then unfortunately there's not a contract race for next year in 2023. So we're not sure if they're, they're going to come back or this is going to go off the schedule for a year or two, or if this is going to be the last race for the cup cars there. But anyway, here's what Michael McDowell had to say uh, yesterday. Yeah, it means a lot. 
I mean, I think that more than anything, the excitement is there just based off of this season and how well this season has gone. Um, and obviously Sonoma going well gives us a lot of confidence going there. And I've tried to explain it in the past, and I don't know if I've done a good job, but when when you run full-time, if you're running 25th every weekend, you're not going to just go to a road course and win. It just doesn't happen. The Cup Series is way too difficult for that. The teams are too good. The drivers are too good. And so you have to be a top 10, top five guy regularly to go and win at a speedway or a road course. And we feel like we're close to that now. And so I think for the first time, you know, we, we always circle road courses as these could be our best races. And typically they are, you know, with the super speedways, but that used to be a top 10 where now we're running top 10 regularly. And so these need to be, you know, top fives and, and a chance at winning. And so we feel like we could do that this weekend and that we're close to, you know, having all the bits and pieces as a team and chemistry and pit stops and everything it takes to execute. Um, I think we're, we're honing in on it. So we'll see what happens. Oh man. You know, I heard uh, rumblings of that yesterday too. And um, I sure hope not. I mean, road America, you know, to me is just what well, Wisconsin, the Midwest, it's just the feel of what, what, american road racing is i mean it's just so much to it and you know there's plenty of races that i can think about on the schedule that i would like to remove now obviously i'm biased too because you know i i've gone to these places a lot and you know there's tracks that you run well and tracks you don't um but man road america's got great fans i mean you think about it just like Watkins glen you go to Watkins glen and there's campers all the way around that entire facility the fans love it they love nascar i mean it's just a cool community and that's what road america is too elkhart lake wisconsin is that same community of just they love racing they love what the track does to the community um when you drive to the facility you can see how much they care about it i mean they care about it i mean it looks like my front yard but better you know like everything is manicured and is super nice and um, it's just a great facility so you know i hope that that isn't the case i don't know I mean, I haven't heard, you know, any official word on what's happening next year, but um, there's a few that I would like to remove before Road America. And there you go, Don. And, you know, it is a beautiful facility, to say the least. And um, that's one thing I've always loved about that track. It is well taken care of, very green, beautiful up there in Wisconsin. This is a good time of the year to go up there as well. And so hopefully the weather will you know, cooperate. It's supposed to be beautiful this weekend. The forecast looks really great. So the, we shouldn't have any issues of, of weather or rain or anything like that. One of the things that shocked me in that was just listening to, to Michael McDowell talk about the fact that now they're running, that they're a top 10 team. Yeah. Running. And they have been here. And it's just I like, it's yeah. so, I, that's what I love about this new car is it's, it's great. It has leveled the playing field. Um, and then lastly, which I said two questions, and this isn't really a question. It's more of a thought. Um, I'm going to take a guess that one of the tracks that Michael McDowell would be willing to get rid of would be Texas. Um, and not because of the shitty racing, but because Michael McDowell uh, kissed the, the turn one <laughs> pretty hard uh, there a few years back. And so I, I'm going to guess that that is probably not his favorite track to come to. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, he had that bad wreck as a result of all that. And, and but there's a really cool picture of him <laughs> turning over and blowing up and everything. 
in the uh, media center uh, in the hallway there on the wall, Texas yeah. Motor Speedway. So I always look at that and think, wow. I remember we were there for, for I, watching that. <laughs> I have great pictures of it um, on my Facebook page, I believe, uh, and one of the albums. I have great pictures. Yeah. And actually, I have pictures because I was down there. I ran – I was – I was down in the infield anyways, um, watching. And so I actually have pictures of what was left of the car and the shell of the car on a flatbed as they're, you know, uh, yeah. the flatbed wrecker or whatever they're in the, in the infield. Cause they had to do, I think Mike, if I'm not mistaken, they had to bring it into the infield there into the garage. They brought it into the Xfinity series garage yeah. area. And I think they had to do like some investigating on it and all to make sure because of, you know, they, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, I have pictures of that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. I have to check those out sometime. I didn't realize. <laughs> was that in turn two? Would that happen? Turn one. Oh, turn one. It was going into it was turn that. one. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, he broke through the safer barrier wall and everything. Oh, that's right. That's right. He hit turn one. He got loose and went up into turn one. And then he barrel rolled down and ended in the middle, like right there on the tunnel, like right above yeah, the tunnel. By the, that's that's right. That's what I thought. Where it, it, it ended up. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, he's, uh, but he's doing great this year. So hopefully uh, he'll have a strong finish uh, this, this weekend and, and get another good top 10 finish at least, or who knows, you might win the race. But another driver who's done well at Road America and is excited about racing is A.J. Allmendinger, and he met with the media. And here's what here's a couple things that he had to say about racing at Road America. Yeah, Road America is, has always been one of my favorite racetracks, um, just in anything that I've driven over my career there. Been fortunate enough to, to race a lot of races there in, in open wheel, different forms. Uh, you know, won won a champ car race there. So, you know, it's it's a racetrack that is challenging. It's unique. Uh, there's not a lot of racetracks in, in especially in North America that really are are like Road America with the speed down the straightaways. You still got really big brake zones, a uh, lot of passing opportunities, a uh, lot of areas to make mistakes. You know, that's something that's it's in a way still a true road course because there's no runoff area really you you, you go off the racetrack you're in gravel or, or grass so you got to be pretty spot on on the racetrack throughout the uh throughout the four miles so it's it's a fun weekend you know knock on wood the weather looks really good and i love the crowd there you know the the wisconsin race fans like they pack that place in uh it's cool to have cup going there as well now so uh we've had speed over the first two road courses winning them in xfinity i think we can improve that's something that we've been working hard at college racing it's by no means do we think okay our our road course program is set and and we're good to go we've been working hard to make our race cars faster so it's gonna be a tough field in in both series so pumped up to uh to get there and hopefully have a strong weekend and dawn a couple things about um AJ uh, at this track, he uh, talked about you know winning in the, what champ car or whatever he said it was, but he actually scored his first Xfinity Series win here in 2013. And when the you'd mentioned about the Xfinity cars and trucks running there in the past, that is true. Um, in the first 12 Xfinity Series races, they had 12 different winners. So this is a track that you know it's hard to get a win and 
Hard to get a repeat winner at this track. I want to mention that the trucks, Xfinity and Cup, are all going to be there. The uh, uh, well, They're all going to be at, at Road America. No, no, not Road America. Here, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, it's Xfinity and Cup that are going to be there. The trucks are off. The trucks come back on July the 9th, and they're going to be at Mid-Ohio. Okay. I want to point that out to make sure I, we get that right. And, and the... Uh, Xfinity races on Saturday uh, at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, which would be with, uh, one, on 1.30 our, our time. And then on the cup races Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 o'clock our time. And that will be on the cup race will be on USA, uh, USA on both days, Saturday and Sunday. They're going to the USA Network will have that race. So Okay, perfect. Yeah. And so last but not least, today we have Joey Hand. He talks about today um, the uniqueness of Road America, how Road America is, is a lot different than some of these other road courses. So here's what Joey had to say. Well, I think it's, I mean, from the standpoint of driving the seat, you know, Sonoma was the most difficult physically. Uh, we were lucky it wasn't 100 degrees there. Um, but you don't have a lot of time to breathe. You don't have a lot of time to do anything. You, you can't let your guard down at all. At least at Road America, we'll have some time to breathe i mean you could almost take a drink of water you know you can there's there's time to think about it um but again like i said before i just think that road america is going to be probably the raciest track for sure the raciest track we've seen so far similar to coda but i think it's going to be a little bit more racy because of the long straightaways um and the big break zones and the way the corners come off the corners that lead on the straightaways so um yeah i think you know like i said the it's a fun track everybody most people seem to enjoy this track and look forward to going to road america so um everybody has a good attitude about it but um i think you know i think it's just going to be you know better racing i mean uh i I don't know what to say about but i think i think you're gonna i think you're gonna have some good shows and don you know once again i want to mention that the track is a little over four miles long in comparison to coda circuit of the americas is 3.4 miles a lot of people thought that's a long track they can make the track a little shorter at, at, at Coda. There is an area that they can cut off part of the track, but they were in, ran the whole circuit like the Formula One does uh, when they had the race earlier in March there. But um, but but Road America is a little over four miles, and there's some long straightaways, and like you said, <laughs> it gives us a chance to breathe and take a drink of water and, <laughs> and enjoy it. So it's going to be um, – it's, it's a really nice facility, and uh, – a lot different than some of the other courses that they run on, and I always tend to like this race, and 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 uh, so I think we're going to have a good good event. Awesome. Well, uh, let's let's do our picks. Who who are you picking for for this race? You know, I'm going to go uh, Ross Chastain for the win, mm-hmm. and um, my um, second place uh, or long shot, really, whatever we call it. <laughs> <laughs> that could get a win. Win. I'm gonna go Joey Logano, mm-hmm. and then my really really long shot. I'm gonna go with. Uh, why not go with Michael McDowell? Oh, okay. Yeah, for something different. Well, um, Ross was gonna be one of my picks, and I. I mean, I know we can still pick the same people, but I like for us to go different. So I'll I'll let you have Ross this week. Um, okay. I'm gonna go with his teammate. I'll say Daniel Suarez. Um, for the win, my next pick will be, um, or my, my long shot, I should say, I'm going to say the dinger. I'm going to say AJ Allmendinger. And, um, I know everybody thinks we should pick Chase Elliott because he's, he would definitely be a favorite, 
going into this, but um, I'm going to say Kyle Bush. Ooh. Oh, no, no, no. Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush. I'm Kurt sorry. Bush. I was going to say Kyle, but I want Kurt. That's still I'll a good say, pick. Yeah, I'll say Kurt Bush. So, so that will, those will be our picks. And um, we'll see if any of them, if they all don't lose a motor or something because we picked them. Um, but Mike, okay, I got to – here's what's so stupid is my glasses. My glasses are to help me see far away, but I can't see close when I have my glasses on, so I need to take them off. But I wanted to end the show. I, I kind of mentioned this to you, but I didn't tell you everything about it. So um, – Robert Wickens, who, of course, we love and we have talked about for a while. Um, you know, again, it's been four years since he had that horrible accident, I believe, at Pocono, uh, Pocono yeah. which paralyzed him. And he has been working hard to get back into a race car. Well, he won this weekend, him and, and his co-driver. Um, but there was more to this story. And it's a story that Jenna Fryer, of course, from the Associated Press, wrote today. And... You know, I could pick little pieces from it, but I like how on here, I don't, I've never noticed this. And Mike, you're a writer, so, y- you know, you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but I, I just noticed that it tells you how, how long of a read it is. And it's, like, it's a three minute read. So let's see if Don can stick to the three, <laughs> to the three uh-huh. minutes. But I think I'll just read the whole thing because it's, it's, it's just so fascinating. And I think it's such a feel good story. So, um, again, it's called Wiccan's Aims for Another Victory Racing at Home in Canada. Um, it says Robert Wickens last weekend used hand controls in an IMSA sports car race for his first victory since a 2018 spinal cord injury temporarily ended his racing career. In England, former IndyCar driver Sam Schmidt completed the hill climb at the Goodwill Festival of Speed in a special McLaren 720S Spider. The car was modified by Aero Electronics, primary sponsor of the Aero McLaren SP IndyCar team, so that Schmidt, a quadriplegic since a 2000 crash, could use a straw-like sip-and-puff device to accelerate and brake the car. Also at Goodwood, motorcycle racer Wayne Rainey rode the same bike he used while winning his final championship in 1992. Rainey was paralyzed from the chest down in a 1993 crash, and the uh, modifications to his motorcycle include pseudo-training wheels that allow him to ride using only his hands. It was a great weekend for disability awareness, Wicken said. Schmidt and Rainey have been part of previous projects modifying vehicles they can pilot. Wicken's situation is completely different in that he's returned to competition this year after thinking his career was over following his airborne IndyCar crash at Pope nearly four years ago he drives a hyundai elantra in tcr for brian Herta, uh, brian Huerta autosport in the imsa michelin pilot challenge that has been fitted with hand controls he shares the car with co-driver mark wilkins a fellow canadian who closed out saturday's victory at watkins Glen. the duo debuted in january with a podium finish at the rolex 24 at daytona um, it's like riding a bike, but it's very different bike, I guess, is the best way to describe it, Wick, instead of racing with hand controls. Racing has been in my life since I was seven years old. It's something I worked very hard to get to the level I was at when I was racing an IndyCar in 2018. And after the accident, I just knew I had to work harder to try to get back to that. I didn't know what it would look like for me. I didn't know if I could return straight into IndyCar or if I would have to start off in go-karts like you do as a kid. The whole recovery was just a bit of an unknown. 
Because he needs to be physically carried out of the car during driver changes, he has not been behind the wheel yet to cross the finish line and close out a race. Uh, Herta told the Associated Press that could change, though, as early as Saturday when Wiccans races at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Uh, Herta said it's faster for Wiccans to start a race because removing him from the car is more efficient than carrying him over the pit wall and getting him into the seat during the driver change. Robbie will close races this year. He can do it. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Robbie will close races this year. He can do it, Herta said. Uh, He might even do it this weekend. Uh, Wickens is simply thrilled to be racing again and at 33, enjoying one of the greatest times of his life. Herta and Hyundai have him racing again, and Wickens and his wife Carly are expecting their first child in the next two weeks. He's racing in Canada for the first time since 2018 when he finished third on the downtown streets of Toronto. He suffered his spinal cord injury two races later. He said, it just feels great. I've always been my happiest when I'm behind the wheel of a race car. It doesn't matter if it's a stressful race with a lot of PR and a lot of press around it. The second you put your helmet on and close the door, it's just peace for me. And I can finally just get into the zone and get into the race. And it's been my happy place for most of my life. Life's great. It almost feels like you're living in a dream sometimes. I just thought, first of all, going back to all three of these guys, you know, having the issues that they have. Did you time me? Were you timing me? Oh, I was three minutes and 30. Oh, God. I, I should have read faster. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I don't, mean, I don't mean to interrupt. I just, <laughs> it was a three minute read, but what a great story, Don. What a, I mean, what a great thing for him to be able to do that. Yeah. After all he went through and to be able to get back in a car. I just love hearing stuff like this. And it just gave me goosebumps. I'm not even joking just now to think about the fact that they're teasing that he could possibly this weekend be the guy that they, that finishes the race and comes across the finish line. Like how it's just the thought of that, you know, Mike, I mean, doing driver changes in any sport, it's hard work, but the fact that they're really, that that's how much trust they have in, in, in both him and his teammate, that they can get it done and not lose a lot of time or whatever, but to give him those experiences and those chances. Um, and the fact that he's got a baby dude, his first child due, you know, in, in two weeks, (laughs) Um, God, I'm just so, I, I just, every time we talk about him and I know you do too, we both get kind of teary eyed talking about him because it's just, he is so inspirational and actually all three of these guys mentioned in this story, I'm just blown away by, you know, just the things and the technology, the, the sip and puff straw like thing in order to change, to speed up and slow down a car. It's just amazing to me. The, yeah. the way that we've come in order to help people with disabilities live oh, normal great. lives. It's great. It, it really is great to see that people that have disabilities that have these opportunities and it's just, um, it, it's, you couldn't, couldn't ask for more. I mean, it's just, what a, what a great story. I'm really I glad know. that she wrote that as well. I am too. I, 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 I want to hit Jenna up and tell her that, yeah. you know, I, I loved it. I love the story and God, I will be watching this weekend because I really hope uh, to see, I not even if they win, I just want to see Robert finish a race. I mean, I, because I think that's a big, a big obstacle for them to overcome is, you know, doing a driver change with him, getting him in the car after, you know, uh, oh, man. Uh, to run yeah. the second half. So hopefully we'll have good news for that story next week as well. Yeah. But, I'm um, definitely going to be tuning in and watching that one. 
Okay, well, good. I see. I'm glad I saved that. I was going to do yeah. it during our, our news and notes segment, but I thought it was a better story to end great, the show on. Great, great story. So, well, there you we're, go. We're, well, we're to end the show. Woohoo! Even though I was 34 seconds off of um, hey, off it the was pace. A three minute read, and you you were within the three minute window. Oh, okay. So you can go between three and four minutes, and you're technically still Absolutely. in a three minute. Okay. That's According to my rules, yes. Okay. Well, and you're a teacher too, so I just needed to know if I was, you know, I'm I'm, well, I'm were, trying to remember pretty, my pace. You were reading pretty fast too. Okay. Well, you know, because you don't like to read. <laughs> I know. I don't want to talk about this, but you know, like when you're reading to people, I guess it comes from working around kids, working around children and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, and then I guess too working on the radio, when you read, you want to set, you're like setting it up so somebody can picture it. <laughs> so, yeah. Theater of the mind or whatever. Right. You're not just like reading. Like I always read anime like, like that. Like in a monotone voice. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> using my radio voice or what maybe I was. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. All right, Mike, you got any Fourth of July plans besides Road America? No, not really. Going to do some stuff with the family and everything and probably barbecue and um, just enjoy myself. We're going up to Austin Saturday for a little bit and um, going into San Antonio tomorrow to do some running around. And Did we hit the hour 45 mark by by chance? And that's an inside joke with us. So Uh, We're going on. uh, Yeah, we did. Okay, shit. All right. Hey, guys, have a great weekend and a great 4th of July. We'll talk with you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.